0: twice. That took me off guard. Anyways, (laughs) hey guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as we're here on Monday and we're talking Monday Night Raw. I think maybe I pressed the button twice and it played the, I don't know. Anyways, we're here. It's Monday. We had Raw. I will say it wasn't a, I wouldn't call it a bad Raw, but I felt like it was just a average episode of Raw good things on this show. Like, there are a lot of good things, but there are a lot of average things on this show as well that kind of didn't, like, took it down a little bit. Now, I know the big story coming out of this is going to be that Nia Jax did return to the company. We had heard rumors and reports over the last month or so that the, both sides were interested in it. And then she returns tonight attacking Ra- Raquel Rodriguez, attacking Rhea Ripley, basically saying she wants to go after the Women's Championship. One thing I'm going to say about this Rhea, uh, Nia Jax return And I'm not saying, oh, I'm so happy Nia Jax is back. But I'm happy the way she returned. Because it was kept a secret. Nowadays, everybody figures out everything. And everybody gets something scooped and and fed to them. And so, for us to not know Nia was going to show up at the end of the show. And that not to get leaked. And that not to get spoiled and uh, ruined. Kudos WWE. Because like. Piper Niven missed last week's show because she was sick. Coming into tonight's show, everyone knew she was there. So, yeah. With that, I got to say, not like I'm happy that Nia's back. I'm just happy that they were able to do, have a secret on this show that no one figured out. So, overall, we'll see where it goes. More Nia Jax. I don't expect anything different than when we got back in the day with her. Former tag team champion, former Raw Women's Champion, and off the jump, she's going right after Rhea Ripley, the women's world champion. So, Rhea and Nia, fast lane maybe in Indianapolis. Luke, what do you think of Nia Jax's return in tonight's Monday Night Raw? Overall,
1: as far as Monday Night Raw does go, I mean, it was very average to me. Like it wasn't great, but not like horrible. Towards the end, like it was a very like newsworthy show with like Nia Jack's return. And I will say I like that it was kept a secret mm-hmm. because all these returns that we've been getting for like the past year, a lot of them has been like, like spoiled, you know, like, for right. example, like Dexter Loomis's return that was leaked. Hit Row's return that was leaked. But the only like two returns that I can think of that wasn't leaked before that was Johnny Gargano and Dakota Kai. Those were like the only two that I can think
0: think of that weren't like leaked to the public. Uh Uh-oh, the intro played again. I don't know what happened there. (laughs) But yeah, so even like the Cody return, everybody knew that was coming. Everybody knew Cody was coming back. So it's like, I don't know. Again, I like that it was kept a secret, but now the question is, what do they do with Naya? We're just getting more of Naya. I'm already waiting for all those my whole jokes to start popping up on Twitter overnight. So we'll see where that all leads to. But I want to say thank you guys for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember to head over to YouTube, hit that Join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Are trying to get a new game like the Crew Motor Fest or Mortal Kombat 1? Getting an old game like Sifu or Alan Wake. Maybe you want to play Alan Wake Remastered before Alan Wake 2 comes out next month. Maybe you're claiming the free game, Spell Drifter. Haven't played that one, but I've heard good things. Or... You're getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys. Use this code right here. PW Unlimited at checkout and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases, whether that's on your PC, your mobile device, your PlayStation, your Xbox, or your Nintendo Switch. But with that, as far as Monday Night Raw does go, the show kicks off. With main event, Jay Uso. Jay Uso comes out and gets a huge reaction. Great pop for Jay Uso for sure. Jay said that it felt good to be out of the bloodline and on his own here on Monday Night Raw when he was then interrupted by OKO Kevin Owens. Owens said that Jay must have meant to say that he was on the Kevin Owens show. Owens then said that he's been in Jay's situation before and knew what he was going through. Owens did a lot of bad things to a lot of people back in the day. When he tried to make a change, it took a long time to earn the trust of others. In fact, many in the locker room still don't respect or trust him. Owens then said that he knows that Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle were the only two, or were two of the people who didn't want Jay there. And I was like, oh, we're getting a a Matt Riddle reference after this weekend. Okay, I didn't think they would say his name at all, but they did. People... We never spoke to Owens approached him recently to tell him that they didn't want Jay there. Owens noted that Cody Rhodes seems fine with it. Duh. Cody's the one that made the trade. And Sami Zayn welcomes him with open arms. But that was it. Jay still has a long way to go to earn Owens' respect and trust. And he needs to prove that. Prove he's not a scumbag like he was in the bloodline. So I want to get your thoughts here before we get into the judgment day stuff. So, is, am I looking too much into this? Is Kevin Owens like, I want to trust you, but I can't yet? Or is he just like, yeah, we're good? I'm confused a little bit.
1: I'm not really sure because I know they're going to the route where like Kevin's like, I know Sammy trusts you, but maybe he's like, I don't really entirely trust you because after what, like you and Roman and like, Jimmy and Solo did
0: to me in the past, so, like, I I think they're going that route. Yeah, so Jay's got to earn his trust, because we saw a little dissension in their tag match as well, but... Moving forward, Judgment Day, minus Rhea Ripley, which they kept her off most of this show before her main event, title defense, um, came out, Finn Balor and Jay didn't have to... Finn Balor said that Jay didn't have to prove himself to Owens. He says the... um, I, Grand Slam, Finn, and the rest of Judgment Day, respect you. Now, here's my question. This is kind of jumping forward a little bit. When Dominic came out later to interrupt Cody, he had JD with him. So why wasn't JD out with Judgment Day early in the show? Was he not part of Judgment Day? Is he part of Judgment Day? What the hell's going on with JD McDonough? Like, I'm confused with that as well. If he's going to come out with, with Dom later. Why didn't he come out with the others? early I'm pretty sure with like JD's role is that like
1: like he's not officially part of the judgment day but like some people in the judgment day like him and I think Dominic is one of those people saying you know I like JD and as long as everyone else likes him then like I'm cool or at least like somebody here likes him because Dominic did say in the past like right that's where your thoughts on JD's like well as long as one of you
0: guys likes him then then I like him Right, so it could be just that Priest is still on the fence, maybe. Speaking of Damian Priest, Priest told Owens that he didn't speak for the locker room because they run the show. Priest told Jay that the door was always open for him. Priest said Dominic turned them down a thousand times before finally becoming the best version of himself and a champion. There were mentions mentions of Dom getting boos and then they booed him. Every time he tried to speak here. And yeah, I think they're piping in booze for Dominic. Because, now I've said this for the last couple of weeks, but especially tonight. I really feel like they're piping in booze because Dom is now reacting to the booze differently. Before, he would get booed super loud and immediately stop talking. Or like, get flustered per se. Now he just keeps on going like it's nothing. So I don't know if he's just got used to it. Or if they're really piping in fake boos and he's not hearing how loud we hear it actually is. What do you think about the the boos that Dom got tonight? Do do you think maybe they could be fake? Piped in booze?
1: I mean, maybe, but at the same time I feel like Dominic's just gotten so used to it where like where it's like, all right, I gotta talk here. Like I don't care if everyone's booing the heck out of me, but like I still gotta talk and like do my job here. and, like, for all, like, the crowd reactions, it made it seem like all those boos might have been real because
0: everyone, you can tell everyone was doing, like, the thumbs down, just screaming boo. True. But it's like they're starting and stopping almost too perfectly. Now, could be, could be, could be this, though. They're not fake, but they're playing with the levels. They're turning the crowd mics up and turning Dominic's mic down to make them sound louder than the actors. It could be that. It could be real boos, and they're just... Manipulating the sound, the audio levels. That's probably it. Yeah. Now that you think of it, that's probably it. Because they're getting louder right at the perfect time and they're coming down and stopping almost right at the perfect time as well. So, yeah. Now that I think about it, could be that they're just adjusting the audio perfectly or not perfectly to make them sound fake. Anyways, anyways. Priest says, "Uh, We're supposed to have a match tonight with you and Sammy. Where's Sammy? Owens said that Zane wasn't here tonight, but he was willing to fight all three of them on his own. Now, here's the question Was Sammy not there or was he there? Because last week, Kevin Owens was there. They said he wasn't there. He just wasn't used on the show. So I don't know. Jaden then said that he would have Owens back if he needed it. The crowd then cheered for that. Dom yelled at Jay off the mic. I don't know what he said. But Kevin then said, Let's go. And Jay super kicked Dom right in the chin. Owens and Jay cleared the ring and a judgment day gathered and gathered themselves up. So a good opening segment. I felt like it was a little long and kind of like, Oh, we've seen this before. Not that I got bored with it, but it just felt like a lot more of the same. If that makes a lot of sense. But what do you think overall of the opening segment here? I think that this might be like a
1: possible tease for like, for like a war games match for survivor series. Okay. I think they're like. I think that's what they're doing. They're, they're. I feel like they're slowly like building up for like a potential war games match. So, is is Survivor Series in October this year? November. Or is it in November? Oh, November. End. End in November.
0: Oh, well, never mind then. I feel like that would be too long then. I want to say the twenty fifth. Yeah, November twenty fifth from Chicago, Illinois. Gee, hey, um, Chicago gets a lot of. Premium live events from the pay per views from the Allstate Arena, the old Rosemont Horizon. But yeah, but I can see where you're coming from. You've got Dom, Damien, Finn, JD, Jay, Kevin, Sammy. What throw in Cody because the stuff with Dom and JD later. So there's your four on four right there. Also, I feel like this can be a little perfect as well because you know, like.
1: They can also, like, slowly build, like, JD, like, gaining trust from mm-hmm. the Judgment Day. And Kevin Owens, like, slowly gaining trust from
0: Jey Uso. Because if you think, though, we've got two pay-per-views before Survivor Series. We have Fastlane coming up in a couple of weeks. And then after that, at the beginning of November, we also got the Crown Jewel event from Saudi Arabia. So, there's still... Quite a few pay-per-views before Survivor Series. doesn't feel like that long, but they're cramming shit in. Well, they got to do the Crown Jewel event. I mean, they yeah. get a lot of money out oh, of yeah. that show. Yeah, yeah. But as we move forward, we did have the tag team champions, Finn Balor and Damian Priest, take on Kevin Owens and Jay Uso in a non-title match that went 12 minutes and 12 and a half minutes. Right around 12 and a half. So, early on, Jay wiped out Priest and Balor Balor with a dive, but Dom took the opportunity to chop block Owens' leg while he was on the apron. After a commercial break, Judgment Day had control over Owens. They didn't explain how Owens was suddenly the legal man, but yeah, he was fighting, and then eventually Jay got tagged in. Jay made the hot tag and pretty quickly ran over everybody. He ran wild on Balor and hit a super kick, but Balor got his knees up on a splash attempt. Owens then tagged in and hammered away at Priest and then hit a tornado DDT for a two. Owens then went to the top, but Priest cut him off. Balor then tagged in, but Owens gave him an avalanche fisherman's buster, and Priest broke up the cover. Jay then went for a superkick, but Priest dodged it, and Jay superkicked Owens by mistake. Priest then knocked Jay out of the ring while Balor hit the coup de gras on Kevin Owens and pinned him to pick up the victory. And I'm going to say right now, I don't know... How you can do the coup de gras fake. That move just looks like every time you see it, it's going to knock the complete wind right out of you. And this one, they showed it in slow-mo from like a wide angles view. Finn got hella air and then just boom, came right down on Kevin Owens. I don't know how that move does not hurt somebody every time. Or at least just knock the wind out of you. Shocked no one's broken her rib. What do you thought of the match though? But that was a solid good match. Oh, it definitely was solid. I mean I
1: mean it was pretty obvious that judgment day was getting the win here. Mm-hmm. But I could also see maybe giving it to Jay and Kevin. You right. know, maybe giving them like a tag match next week that can maybe
0: do some build between now, the two. Now here's the thing. i I'm, I could be looking too much into this and it could just be Jay Usos are really good at selling. So the match ends. Jay's on the outside on one knee looking back up at Kevin. Kevin's looking over at Jay all pissed off. Jay eventually gets up and goes to walk to the back. He's limping. Now, I don't think there's anything to that, but he could just be really good at selling, but he was limping on his way to the back. Moving forward, Raquel Rodriguez was shown warming up in the back and was approached by Natalia. Michael Cole said that Natalia has been giving Rodriguez advice on how to face Rhea Ripley. Why would you want advice from Natty? How many times has Natty now lost to Rhea? Why would you want advice from somebody that's lost? No, you go find someone that beat her, whether that was recently or back in the day or something. Go talk to Asuka. Go talk to whoever has beaten Rhea Ripley in the past. Don't talk to Natty. Natty's lost to, her talk what? to Charlotte. Yeah, Natty's lost to... How many times has Nanny now lost to, to Rhea recently? Two, three times? At sure. least two. Say like three or four. didn't take us that much? God dang. I, I know the two for sure. They had the Raw match and they had the Saudi match. But, whew. Why and she got, crushed by, she got crushed by Rhea. She didn't even like stand a chance. So in the first one, yes. Second one, they tried to make it more competitive and it was actually praised as... Like, the second match, the one that happened on Raw... Rumor is that um higher ups in the company really praised that for being a good match. So it, it was. But like Rhea of all or I mean, Natty of all people who keeps losing to Rhea. That makes no sense. After their commercial break. Jay approached Kevin Owens in the back, tried to apologize to him. Jay called nothing more than a miscue. Owens wasn't buying it. And hey, haven't I been getting mad about this recently? Someone goes to kick on a Get, kick an opponent, the opponent moves, and boom. You get kicked by your partner by accident. How can you not tell that it's an accident? I don't know. Heat of the moment, I guess. Uh, he angrily told Jay, go join Judgment Day and dye your hair purple. Because Jay's been dyeing the tips of the back of his hair different colors over the last month. It was blonde for a couple of weeks. Now it's blue. I think it was red when he was in the bloodline, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, back. I don't know how long ago, but there was a a point where it was red, yeah. I think Jimmy did redden some of his hair as well, but Uh, there was a video package talking about and showing Gunther's win over Chad Gable last week, cementing his record-long reign. Longest-reigning WWE Intercontinental Champion of all time, Imperium, all dressed in black suits, were shown arriving at the building in a Mercedes-Benz. Ivana Vinci was driving. We then got a 9-11 memorial video as we go into the Miz against Akira Tozawa in a three-minute match. No, so not much here. I got like two lines written about it. Tozawa started with some kicks, but Miz turned, it in, turned him inside out with the boot. Miz then hit his usual offense, three consecutive skull-crushing finales, and there we go. Miz picks up the victory ahead of his big match on Friday with LA Knight. So, any thoughts on that? I mean, there's nothing to it. Just a Miz showcase match. I like what Miz
1: was doing in this matching. Every time he was hitting Tazawa with the skull crushing finale, he was going, M I Z. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, As we look forward, Byron Saxon interviewed Rodriguez backstage. She said Ripley has taken over the woman's division because everybody loses to fear before they even step into the ring. But Riga said that she wasn't like everyone else and Ripley knew it. Dom wouldn't be a ringside tonight either. And Ripley would learn a lesson that would feel like a nightmare to her. Ripley wouldn't be the tallest, strongest, or the angriest woman to step into the ring tonight. And she would get a taste of her own medicine. So yeah, cool. I mean, the next basic... By the numbers promo here. Interesting that they kept showing Raquel, but we never really saw Rhea that much before the main event. They kept her off TV as the big draw. Like, you want to see Rhea? You gotta wait till the end. I feel like I feel like the reason why they did
1: that is mainly because like Raquel was like the big baby face in this, so they probably wanted to mm-hmm.
0: show more like Raquel, like training and asking people for advice. Yeah, she's not scared. You want, to, you want to know going into the match that she's, quote-unquote, ready. And, and they also wanted to, like,
1: at least try to, like, show people, like, hey, you know, she has a legit chance, and
0: she could possibly win against Rhea. Mm-hmm. Jackie Redman then interviewed Shayna Baszler in the back. Baszler said that Zoe Stark surprised her last week with her efforts. Before she could continue, Chelsea Green would interrupt to let Baszler know that she was looking for a new partner, because hers wasn't cleared. Baszler said that they weren't peers and challenged her to a match to show just how large the gap between them is. After Baszler left, all of a sudden, Piper Niven appeared to let Chelsea know, hey, I'm back, I'm cleared. And Niven took her title back from Chelsea. So, cool little comedy thing there. But we do end up getting Chelsea and um, Shayna later in the show. Then go on. The Gunther's Intercontinental Championship Celebration. This was a highlight for sure. Ludwig Kaiser. I I love the intro for this. Yes.
1: I love when... I love every time when they have Ludwig introduce Gunther. Yep. I feel like they should do this more often. Or not really more often, but, like, do it more for, like,
0: special events. If that makes sense. Yes. Like when Paul Heyman would introduce Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. But...
1: But, like, Paul Heyman, he would introduce, like, those guys all the time, though. True. That way. True. At least for, like, Ludwig, do it for, like, special events for Gunther, whether that's, like, celebrations or, or like, an epic entrance
0: for Gunther. Like they did at WrestleMania. Yeah, title matches or pay-per-views and stuff. Ludwig Kaiser introduced Gunther, the ring general. I can't do it as good as Corey Graves, but... See, Corey Ladies
1: and it. gentlemen, yeah, there you go. Hey. I demand <laughs> your attention.
0: No, Corey Graves I can do. do it. I can't do it as good. Corey I can do it. it as good as like. Yeah, no, Corey can do a great Ludwig impression. So uh, Gunther smiled as he stood atop of a platform with his Intercontinental Championship. Gunther said that he rewrote history to the surprise of no one. He announced himself as the longest reigning and greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Gunther said that it meant a lot to him. All of the legends who held the title before him meant absolutely nothing. He has elevated the title to new heights never before seen and was going to uh, start running out of competition. This then led to Chad Gable making his way out. Gable said that they had a main event for the ages last week, and he was still feeling it. Uh, This morning when he woke up, Gable congratulated Gunther. Now, Cody Rhodes did reveal on the Dale Earnhardt Jr., Dale Jr. download podcast last week that these two did get a standing ovation in gorilla position after their match on Raw. Cody also said that he hopes that uh, Gable gets the IC title eventually. He's like, Chad Gable has... I hope so, I hope so too. I mean, yeah. he deserves it. That's what Cody said. He's like, he's earned it. He deserves a shot to show what he can do as the champion. And I think he said, I hope Chad Gable gets that title in the future. So I mean, I don't know if
1: I don't know if Chad's gonna necessarily beat Gunther for the IC title. I I I don't see that happening. Right. But like maybe like
0: he can take the belt from the person who beats Gunther, maybe. Or somehow, I don't know if this is gonna be possible. We get like Gunther, Chad Gable and Champa in a three-way, and Gable pins Champa. I don't know, because they were friends tonight, so... Yeah, I don't know what Champa's role is in this. Me neither, but Gunther invited Gable into the ring. Gable said that he saw the look in Gunther's eyes after their match. Gable knew that Gunther knew that Gable gave him a better, be- a better fight than anyone else before. The hardest fight of his, of his reign. But he also saw the look in his entire family. Sitting, uh, entire family's eyes sitting in the front row. He saw the tears on the face of his oldest daughter, and that was because of Gunther. Gunther wouldn't know what that felt like because you had to be a parent to understand. Gable said that a little fire under him, and he won't burn out until he's made, his, made this right. Now, did you see the video they posted after Raw last night or last week with Chad Gable talking about wanting to get another shot at Gunther?
1: I... I don't recall seeing that so they're I in might the, have seen
0: it so, so they're in the locker rec- remember so they're in the locker room and Chad's you know getting all his wrist tape off taking his boots off and everything and he says you know Gunther was there chopping me or whatever right in front of my kids talking to them and making them cry and this and that but what I liked what he said was I want another shot at Gunther I want to go after the Intercontinental Championship but I know I'm going to have to work back to it and I hope that once I do earn a shot again, Gunther is still a champion so I can attempt to take this belt from him one more time. So it doesn't sound like they're going to do the he's got to earn it again kind of route. And they might just go with giving him another title shot. But I liked the thought of Gable going on a run to earn another shot for the IC title. I don't know if that's going to be what they're going to do, but that's how like they teased it last week.
1: I kind of like those stories. Like, you lose the first time, so you have to go on an absolute, like,
0: tear to, Mm -hmm. like, get another shot. Like, I like that. And Chad Gable would be the perfect person right now to go out there and just have, like, great five, six-minute matches with people and just beating the crap out of them on, like, a mission to earn that title shot. Like, oh, I got to go win every match for the next two months to earn the, you know, earn the shot. But now it just seems like, oh, they're just going to give it to him again, maybe. Gable said that he beat Gunther once and would do it again. Gable didn't know when or how he would get that opportunity. He said, quote, I swear to God, I'm winning that championship. And I swear to God, my daughter is walking out with a smile on her face. Gunther wondered if Gable really wanted to drag his family around just to watch him lose yet again. He also accused Gable of using them just to gain sympathy. Gunther called him a terrible father. Gable attacked Gunther, so Imperium swarmed him with the boots to him until Otis came out. Otis chucked Vinci and Kaiser from the ring, but was cut down by Gunther. Gable then tried to save Otis, but Gunther knocked him down too. Imperium continued beating on Alpha Academy until Tommaso Ciampa, of all people, so random, would run down with the chair, make the save, and Imperium bailed. What? Have I missed something? What's going on with Ciampa wanting to help Gable and Otis? Like, that makes no sense to me at all. Have I, like, yeah. have I missed something? I... Yeah.
1: I, it, I don't know what his role is in this. I really don't. This
0: here's well, here's my up. thing with one thing. One, one, one thing this felt like an AEW angle where it's like, Oh, yeah, you missed Rampage three weeks ago where they became friends. Oh, so I don't know, but go for it. Here's my issue with
1: Chapa. They always, like, they got him right now doing, like, one, like, two things at the same time. Like, one, he's on Raw, where he's doing, like, a bunch of, like, random stuff. And then, two, he's on social media trying to find Gargano. I wish they would, like, if they're going to do, like, the him trying to find Gargano angle, why not do that on both social media and
0: in like on television. Yeah, no, I would love to see that Miss Champa looking for Johnny, my best friend's missing thing. I'd love to see even if you give it like 2 minutes on a raw. That would be so great.
1: Like why can't you do like that not on raw as well? Why you got to have him do like something different on raw and something different on social media?
0: That's my whole issue with Champa. Um so Got a question here in the Twitch chat saying it was in Saturday. Did Tommaso Champa have history with Imperium and NXT? Now I know they in like I think it was 2021 Stand in Deliver. It was the former Walter Gunther. He was Walter at the time. Gunther versus Tommaso Champa. So they have had a match before at um, you know, WrestleMania weekend in 2021. It was like a four and a half star match, but I don't know if you could call that history. So, well,
1: I'm pr- well. I can't remember like this like rivalry that they they mm. had with Gunther at the time, but yeah, I remember the match was at NXT Stand and Deliver back then, yep. and it was for the NXT
0: United Kingdom Championship, and Walter won. Yep, but it was a great. Almost, it was like right between 15 and 20 minutes, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh yeah, that match
1: was great. I don't know, I don't know what the history was. I don't know if they were actually like teamed together, then like Imperium just attacked him. I don't know.
0: I don't remember either. I mean, it's been a while, I'll have to check. Right. Um. So we get a video and it says earlier today, Xavier Woods approaches Drew McIntyre. Woods wondered why he spoke trash about Kofi Kingston last week. McIntyre said that maybe Kingston should be a man and speak to him himself instead. Woods wondered if McIntyre was jealous that Kofi got to win a world title in front of 82,000 people at WrestleMania, while McIntyre won his in an empty arena. McIntyre stepped to Woods, who was not intimidated. McIntyre agreed to a match with Woods and said whatever happens to Woods tonight would not be an accident. Boy, is Drew turning heel. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. It, it, it really is going to happen. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Jackie Redman interviewed Ciampa in Alpha Academy. Ciampa said that Adam Pearce advised him to make the most of opportunities, and that's what he felt like he was doing tonight. Gable and Otis said that this was far from over. Otis had suggested a six-man tag team carnage match. Gable then asked Ciampa if he was in, but he just walked off. And Gable assumed that was a yes, and he said something like "carnage just means tag team" or something like that. I'm like, "What? Okay, cool." Champa just leaves, and they're like, "We're doing the match." Magma uh, Magmalord in the
1: YouTube chat says it's because Imperium attacked Timothy Thatcher at the time. Now I do remember that Champa and Timothy Thatcher were a tag team back in NXT. Right.
0: So Champa and Thatcher were a tag team in NXT. Thatcher was in the original, outside of WWE, Imperium Conf or whatever it's called. He was in their group outside of WWE, and so they were playing. I remember them playing that stuff up in NXT. I just forgot Ciampa was involved. So Ciampa was like, so now if I think I'm remembering so, it would be Ciampa was taking on Gunther at the time to avenge Thatcher and then try to win the UK title. Got it. That was mainly like the only history between the two then. (laughs) Okay, hold on. Because I had the same thought. Uh, Steve Rand in the Twitch chat says, Did you guys know Woods' nose was pierced? No. I noticed this like two, three weeks ago when they had the graphic where it was New Day versus the um, Viking Raiders. And the picture of Woods... His nose was pierced. Then I see the night. his nose is pierced. And I go, When did he pierce his nose? Had it been when he had that time off recently. Yeah, that's, that shocked me too. I'm like, What? Like, I don't know why, but it just, my eye went straight to it when he walked on the screen. I'm like, That's new. I, I did not notice it. Surprisingly. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah, there's a little small little stud on his nose. So speaking of Drew McIntyre and Xavier Woods, they went nine and a half minutes. Not much happened before a commercial break, but after the break, Woods powerbombed McIntyre, who was perched on the top turnbuckle. Uh, He then hit a diving leg drop and got a two off of it. McIntyre blocked a clothesline and a consecutive overhead suplexes and a neckbreaker. McIntyre went for the Claymore kick, but Woods intercepted with a super kick for a two. McIntyre then tried to reverse Alabama slam, but Woods countered into a victory roll. Woods followed this up with a thrust kick, a on and a spinning, a shining wizard for a two. Crowd starts chanting, "This is awesome." He traded more counters and stuff, but Woods set it for a rolling forearm, and McIntyre suddenly just hits him with the claymore and pins him out of nowhere. Kind of sounds, it felt like one of those, "Hey, time's up, go to the finish" from the referee, but I don't know. It just—it was a really good match, but the end just felt abrupt.
1: I feel like it was like one of those matches where it was supposed to go longer, but they ran short on time. That's very very possible. Oh yeah, like Drew turning heel, like it's gonna happen. It's mm. just nobody knows when. So he
0: kept te- he keeps teasing. He's gonna he's gonna turn heel. So the match is over. Drew is walking up the ramp. He's like walking backwards, and you can hear him say, "It didn't have to be this way. It didn't have to be this way." You know what else didn't have to be this way? This stupid ass Cody Rhodes segment. Really? This is all we get? Cody Rhodes on the show, and he's there for three minutes beating up Dom and JD. Also, I don't know if it was the camera angle or right at the edge of the ring looking up, but for some reason, when Cody back body dropped JD out of the ring, it looked like JD went about 20 feet in the air and 50 feet out. Like, it looked not 50 feet, but like 10 feet out. It looked like JD got launched. But Cody comes out. Huge reaction is normal. Rhodes says, well, "What do you want to talk about? Maybe main event Jay Uso." But was quickly interrupted by Dominic and JD. Crowd loudly boos. Dom was happy that Rhodes brought Jey to Raw because he's going to join the Judgment Day, and when he did, Rhodes would look like a fool. Dom said that there's nothing Rhodes could do about it either. Um, Dom then flicked at Rhodes's necktie. Rhodes then decked Dom to the delight of the crowd. JD would then attack Rhodes, but Rhodes would easily throw him out of the ring. JD would then jump back in, take a crossroads. Dom would then get a crossroads, and there we go. Dom and JD leave, and Cody's in the ring with his shirt all opened up. We're like, you want to fight? Let's go. So, yeah, a nothing in segment. We're just getting, are, are we really going to get another Dom-Cody match? Like we got any money in the bank. Why do we need it again? Vaseline. What are your thoughts? I mean, I do agree. I
1: personally, I don't really want another Dom and Cody match, but no. I can see the reason why they're doing this. Because, like I said earlier, with like Kevin Owens and Jey Uso, mm-hmm. I feel like they're they're probably probably it's probably their way of like slowly building up for War Games. Yes. If that's the route they go, because they need something for like Cody to do to get him involved with this. So why not have him feud with Dominic? And they're going to have Jay Uso like feud with like, like everyone else. Cause like mm-hmm. Dominic's also trying to recruit Jay to the to the judgment day. Mm-hmm. But Jay's like,
0: like, no, I, like I want to help Sammy. Yeah. Basically you need to build up enemies for the judgment day to where you have enough, to build an uh, a opposing team. Because if they do another like war games mm-hmm. this year. It would have to be the Judgment Day. Because Bloodline yes. is no longer a thing. Yes. Now I will say though. For this segment being eh. Crowd loved it. Like this crowd was hot for this segment. Like they got to see Cody. And that's all they cared about. Cody beat some people up. And then I thought it was funny. Brandy then sends out a tweet. Where it's like. My husband takes his shirt off every week. For pro, for wrestling, and then she says something. But I only take mine off to go work out for yoga. Come join my new yoga studio in Georgia. I'm like, okay, cool. McIntyre then approaches Jay Uso in the back, told him, "I don't trust you one bit." Jay then said, "Cool." McIntyre then thinks that Jay could stand on his own two feet, and said, "Judgment Day was probably looking good to him." Jay challenged him to a match next week. McIntyre accepted but they never made it official. I don't think they ever showed us the graphic for this match. We got Rick Shaver Nakamura for next week, and we got a graphic, but unless I missed it, I didn't see a graphic for Jay and McIntyre, but the match was seemingly made here. Now, I do like that people are now coming at Jay being like, yeah, you're going to join Judgment Day because you're scared to be alone. But I like that aspect of the story is, can Jay do this on his own? Or does he think he needs a group like Judgment Day to have his back? Because he's always had somebody have his back. Well, that's a very compelling story to me. Well, Jay's
1: gimmick right now is kind of like, you know, like I'm all on my own. You know, it's just me. Right.
0: Like, that's Jay's gimmick right now. Like, so. We then had Shayna Baszler versus Chelsea Green. The match went a minute and 45 seconds. Baszler had a confrontation with Piper Niven on the outside of the ring, and it didn't really lead to anything. Faisler then blocked Green's Unprettier and hit her with a spinning Samoan drop. Ronda Rousey's Piper pit. They referenced in a commentary that she has now taken Ronda's move. After taking Ronda out of the company, she pinned Chelsea and picked up the victory. Faisler and Niven then got in each other's faces post-match. Niven was getting the better of her before Zoe Stark would run out and superkick Niven. As Chelsea's just sitting over in the corner not wanting to help. After Baszler took out Green, though, with a knee to the face. Chelsea Green is such a treasure. When she got kneed in the face here by uh, Shayna, the way she's just... The way she sold that knee. She's one of the better, at least in my opinion, one of the better people just selling like hard shots like that. And her... Facial reactions and stuff is just phenomenal. But Niven then stood up, looked like she was maybe going to go two on one with um, Basler and Starks before she said, eh, "I'm too too smart for this. I know uh, you guys got the advantage." She gets out of the ring. So it looks like we got a new tag team here and challengers for the tag titles. So it's probably going to be Chelsea and Piper against Zoe and Shayna for the tag titles. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, who'd you say, Shannon? Who else? Zoe so Stark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what they're going. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going that route. Because so Zoe came out and saved her tonight. They didn't get enough. Knock- Go for it. Uh, someone in the YouTube chat says, when's Matt coming back? Matt Cardona? Yeah, he keeps teasing it. Cody did say on the Dale Jr. Download podcast, he wants Matt to come back. Because... They were talking about how when Cody left WWE, he had to grind and hustle on the indies. And then Cody was like, but I have a friend, Matt, who probably does that better than anybody. I just hope and wish he eventually comes back to WWE. Yeah, I just think him and uh, Steph
1: D. Lander, I think right now they're just having too much fun on in the independent scene. Mm-hmm. And Steph D. Lander, she did like say something when like, Sonya Deville got hurt. Everyone kept predicting that maybe she'll come back to WWE and and team with Chelsea. And she did say, I would love to come back, but right now, like what Matt Cardona says, now's just not the time to come back home.
0: Honestly, I think she's making too much money on the indies to go to WWE. Cardona would get a great WWE contract. I honestly think that she would make more money on the indies doing the stuff with Cardona then WWE would pay her. Oh, yeah, she's doing great, like yeah. on her own. Like she's yes,
1: like she's promoting her own like content mm-hmm. and stuff. And yeah. WWE like she,
0: they won't let her do her own content or anything. No, like Cardona would get a good deal. I think she's in a better place. Money, like yeah, how much money she could be making revenue wise? I think this is better for her. because they're just gonna sign her and throw her back in NXT on a. Cheap deal, I guess you would call it. Either that. Go for it. Either that or they'll just try to throw her back with Indy Hartwell. Maybe, but I don't see it. That's the thing, though. I don't see them signing her back to put her on the main roster. I feel like if they sign her back, they'd put her back in NXT first.
1: Oh, do you know what they could do with her? Huh? The... I can also see them putting her and chase you back with Duke Hudson. <laughs>
0: there you go. Um, We then got a Nakamura video. Nakamura wondered if Seth felt like a champion after he stood over Rollins' broken body. He said Rollins was not honorable and wondered if the fans would still sing his song if they remembered the things he's done. Nakamura said that the road to Rollins' success was lined with bodies of those who trusted him. They then showed clips of Rollins turning on the shield and so forth. Rollins believed that the weak exist to be consumed by the strong. Rollins was a manipulator, a deceiver, a liar. He brought shame to his family and has no remorse. Nakamura would strip him of the title and expose the lies that he claimed to stand for. Rollins' words meant nothing. He said, quote, I challenge you when I feel like it. Again, Another great Nakamura video. I loved it. Oh yeah, I,
1: I love these Nakamura videos mm-hmm. where, like, part part of it him talking Japanese, like the like the heel, where like he's speaking Japanese and not a lot of people can understand him. I
0: I I love this so much. Mm-hmm. I really do. So then Seth Rollins would make his way out to the ring wearing the Rugrats logo on his face. Rollins entered. He called himself a visionary and a revolutionary but also admitted to be a manipulator, and a deceiver, and a liar, just as Nakamura said. But he was also a father, a fighter, and your world heavyweight champion. For a long time, Rollins didn't know who he was. He surrounded himself with the authority, the people who lied straight to his face. Then he tried to be who everybody wanted him to be, and that also didn't work. Rollins finally figured out what everybody wanted him to be, himself. He's also wearing... Big old fuzzy jacket that looked like he skinned Mike, no, um, Sully and took all the purple polka dots off of him. He said that the fans love him now, not because he was a good guy or a bad guy, because he's Seth freaking Rollins. And that's why they sing my song. Rollins said that it was because of the fans that he could look at his daughter in the eye and be at peace with his past and his future. Rollins said that he didn't come to Virginia to talk he came to fight. Management wanted management wanted him to slow things down and he told them that he'd burn himself out before anything cuz he's a workhorse. He called out Nakamura for a title match just like he did last week. Rollins said that Nakamura wanted to do it on his own time and figured their payback match took more out of Nakamura than he's leading on. Rollins said that there was no better time than right now in Norfolk, Virginia. So he calls out Nakamura Nakamura's music hits, but no Nakamura. We then see on the big screen, Nakamura in the back beating the crap out of Ricochet. Nakamura said that he wanted to fight Rollins, but he thought Rollins wasn't medically cleared. Quote, so I fought already tonight. Right, Ricochet? Ricochet then shoved him, so Nakamura kneed him repeatedly. Nakamura then apologized to Rollins and said, quote, I will take your title, but not today. So that is the thing. It's like, they're saying Seth's got the bad back, but they've never said he's not cleared. They're just saying, hey, maybe you should slow it down. So I don't... What's slow it down really mean? If they really said, hey, slow it down, we don't want you doing anything, then wouldn't you think like maybe management would say he's not allowed to show up for a couple of weeks or something? I don't know. I don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that either. Like You would think if they want him to slow it down... Then Pierce would be like, "Hey, you're not allowed to come for a little bit. You need to, you know, recuperate, which in turn would mean we're not going to medically clear you right now." So I don't, I don't get it. I assume this match happens at Fastlane.
1: Most likely, yeah. So, Battle we'll really, of it. I'm really curious to see like after after Nakamura, like who's next? Mm-hmm. Is it Ricochet? Drew? I, they got Crown Jewel. Maybe no, it- I would say. I would save Drew for WrestleMania if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Have Drew win the Royal Rumble and have him
0: challenge Seth. That'd be nice. And give Drew, like, his big WrestleMania moment. We go to the back where Balor approaches Jay. Balor was impressed with what Jay did to Owens and winked at him. Balor said the McIntyre might not be a fan. But the judgment day is... Jay said, real? And Balor assumed that him... Uh, let them know that the door is always open, basically. So yeah, again, they're trying to recruit Jay Uso. I don't know why, but they're trying to recruit Jay Uso. I feel like in
1: storyline they want to recruit Jay so they can get him away from Sammy. Probably. So it's like, like we don't want anyone helping, like Kevin or Sammy. So let's try
0: to recruit Jay so that way they don't have any help. Mm-hmm. We then had our six man tag team match. It was the Intercontinental Champion Gunther with the rest of Imperium, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci against the team of Tommaso Ciampa and the Alpha Academy. This match was great with the awesome finish that ruled. I loved the finish to this match. So Imperium worked the, over, go for it. Actually, I'll, I'll save it for, okay. towards the end. I was, I was going to say something about the ending. So Imperium worked over Gable through a break and Gunther chopped away at him following that break. Gable then broke free and tagged in Ciampa, who hit Vinci with the clotheslines and an inverted DDT for a two. A distraction allowed Vinci to clothesline Champa. Otis then made the hot tag and slammed Kaiser and hit a Caterpillar. However, Otis ran shoulder first into the post. Gable then tagged in. Gable, uh, Gunther then tagged in. Gable then tagged in. Crowd was very excited to see this. Gunther then hit a German suplex, but Gable applied an ankle lock moments later. Vinci would then get the tag, and hit a flying crossbody to break up the ankle lock. Gable then put the ankle lock on him. Then the chaos theory. But Gunther broke up the cover. Champa then kneed Gunther out of the ring. Kaiser then took out Champa. Otis dropped Kaiser. Gunther dropped Otis. Gable then put Vinci in another ankle lock. Gunther tried to jump in to break it up. When Champa would grab him. And put him. And am I, am I correct here? In the Gargano escape. That's the move right? Teasing oh, yeah, Johnny. Gar- yes. Yeah. So he puts Champa or he puts Gunther in the Gargano escape and makes him watch as Gable taps Vincey out with the ankle lock. I thought this finish ruled. Go for it. This, like, ending
1: reminded me so much of, like, the way Gargano and Champa won the tag- NXT tag titles in it back in the day. The revival. Yeah. You know, like Ciampa had his finisher, Gargano had the Gargano escape, and then both guys tapped out. When but this time only one person tapped out. But yeah, no, this match was like,
0: yeah, no, the match was go. the match was super fun, and the finish was awesome.
1: Still really curious to see when Johnny returns because I know I said this beforehand, and like I don't know how much longer Johnny. Will be like, like you know, I enjoy staying at home a lot, but
0: when am I returning? Mm-hmm. So, um, we'll see. Let me go to the back. Judgment Day had a little meeting. Pretty confident Jay Uso was going to join. Dom was upset he couldn't be ringside for Mommy's match later. Mommy then said, "Don't worry, Mommy's always on top." We then got word that Nakamura will face Ricochet next week, one on one but then had a contract signing. This is weird. Why would you do this? Like, they flew both of these women in for this? To then fly them to Orlando tomorrow? I don't know. I don't know why you're doing this. Anyways, they do a contract signing with Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch. Tiffany Stratton met with Adam Pearce in his office. She was annoyed that Becky wasn't there, and then Becky just rolls right in. What's up? Pierce said that he spoke with Shawn Michaels. And they have all agreed that they will have the title match tomorrow. No shit, we've been plugging it for a week. Stratton said that she's been nothing but respectful to Lynch and even apologized for calling her a former NXT champion when she's not. She wondered why Lynch was coming for her and her belt. Lynch admitted that she wasn't paying much attention to Stratton before she showed up here on Raw and tried to use my name in vain. All you want to do is be famous, and that's not going to work for me. Lynch put over Stratton's athletic ability, we called her dumb as a box of rocks. Lynch said that Stratton could be the future, but she wouldn't be as of right now. Lynch threatened to make her famous tomorrow when she takes the title. Lynch signs the contract. Stratton then said, I have no problem with this. Signed the contract, and there we go. So yeah, it's official, even though it's already beneficial for a week. I'd, that's why contract signings in, in wrestling always n- never made sense to me. Because A... If you need to sign a contract to make a match official, why don't we have contract signings for every match? Or if you're promoting a match for a week, then why all of a sudden the night before you need a contract signing? The match is already made. I mean, contract <laughs> signings always kind of confused me as far as like their purpose. So
1: I got personally I've never really been against contract signings because I always view them as you know, like like whatever fine. But my issue with like this one tonight, like if, if they're going to do a contract sign for an NXT like
0: title, why not do it on NXT? Why do you have to do it on like raw? Well, because a, you've got a raw roster member and B you do the contract signing tonight on raw. That's then allowing more people to know about the match tomorrow. Cause if you're only promoting it on NXT, you're only promoting it on social media that's a lot of people that aren't going to know about this match. So that's why. I mean, I get why they did it. It's just contract signings. If we're thinking real, like realistically, I've always kind of been like, bleh, to me. But yeah, they're doing it to get more eyeballs on the show tomorrow night. I mean, I get that. But there's like
1: different ways to like promote. You can, you, I mean, you can honestly just have Becky just cut a promo on Tiffany saying like, I'm, yeah. like I'm going to take her title. True. Cause when I view contract signings for like a championship, like that contract signing should be like on the show that the
0: title is being represented on. Right. So that's just my big takeaway from this. This then leads into our, and
1: mind. I will go for it. And I honestly think Becky's winning. Cause yes, like WWE has like shown in the past that they that NXT does super well when they have main roster
0: wrestlers in NXT. So this then leads into our main event match that goes 15 minutes. It's Rhea Ripley defending the WWE Women's World Championship against Raquel Rodriguez. Good match. Good. Still wouldn't call it great like their last match I didn't think was great. I thought this was better than the last match, but still not great. Uh, Rodriguez immediately dropped Rhea with a clothesline and a power slam for her two. Ripley responded with a missile dropkick and a cannonball off the steel steps. There's a running knee strike as well. Rodriguez then chucked Ripley out of the ring and booted her into the barricade. During a break, Rodriguez drove Ripley into the barricade with no explanation. Ripley was in control following said break. Ripley had Rodriguez in a leg lock, but Rodriguez got us got out by slamming, excuse me, slamming Ripley's head onto the mat. Ripley then dropped Rodriguez face first onto the top turnbuckle. A moment later, Ripley then wrapped the legs around Rodriguez's head. So Rodriguez stood up and dropped her face first onto the top turnbuckle. They exchanged strikes before dropping each other at the same moment with running boots. They exchanged right hands until Ripley kicked her and hit a Northern line suplex for a two. Rodriguez blocked a rip tide and hit a snake eyes on the top rope, a back body drop and a big boot for a two of her own. Rodriguez then went for a corkscrew elbow drop, but Ripley got her feet up. Ripley then went, for the, went to the top and did the Eddie Guerrero shimmy and a frog splash. Only got a two off of it. I loved the whole Oh, she kicked out like Rhea all shocked and everything. But how actually awesome would it have been if Rio won with the frog splash? That would actually would have been really cool. It's like, oh yeah, Dom Dom taught me that. That was that I like I would have liked it. Yeah. Like I wouldn't
1: be against that.
0: It's like we've seen in the past her train dom. So now we can like, I wanted to win a match with the frog splash now. Just so she can be like, oh yeah, my little Dom Dom taught me that one. I don't just, he, I'm not the only one teaching people things here. So Ripley tried to go for a cannonball off the apron, but Raquel just grabbed her. Like she weighed nothing. And then whipped her into the announce table. Rodriguez also gave her a Chicano bomb on the apron. And then she rolled her into the ring. As she was about to get into the ring, all of a sudden... She's knocked out by the returning Nia Jax. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Nia Jax has returned to the WWE. So She mows down Rodriguez, hits her with a Samoan drop on the outside as the referee is checking on Rhea. She then throws her back into the ring. Ripley then gives her a riptide and pins her to retain the Women's World Championship. After the match, Ripley was celebrating when she was then attacked by Nia Jax, Nia headbutts her, gives her a leg drop and a, a leg drop on the apron, and then a bonsai drop. She then yells, "I'm back!" and Blue kisses to the crowd, a booing a plenty. So, what did you think of the match? While I'm reading this new report from Fightful about this, I mean, the
1: match was good. It was a very shocking ending with the big return of Nia Jax. I honestly thought that they were going to have maybe Nia join judgment day because because her gear, she wore like a purple like gear tonight. So to me, that was thinking like, holy crap. I thought the same thing. She's joined judgment day, but then she ended up attacking Rhea. So her role is, you know, like no one's going to if anyone's going to take the belt from Rhea, it's going to be me. Mm -hmm. So
0: that's basically her role. So, Fightful does have a new update on this that does state the following. Nia Jax is back in WWE. Nia Jax made a return to WWE on Monday Night Raw attacking Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley. Fightful has noted on recent shows that we'd heard that she was headed back to the company and were told she signed over a month ago and that her and that their, quote, hiring freeze was ended this summer. She's the first signing that has made it back to television since Vince McMahon forced his way back into the company and onto the main roster and so forth from working main roster television. The Endeavor WWE merger is happening this week, and we're told that it's unrelated to her popping up on television. Several within the company actually thought that she'd return before this. Nia had been released back in 2021 and didn't wrestle anywhere else outside of WWE, though she was scheduled for an indie event in the UK. We'll update this article when we get more details on Jax. So basically... Because some may have, I, I did see a couple of tweets, not from anybody significant, but going, oh, so that the merger's over, they can start debuting people now. Like the merger's finalized, they can start debuting people now. No, that apparently, according to this, had nothing to do with the timing of it. It's just coincidental that tomorrow the merger is supposed to finalize, and now they're finalizing new contracts and bringing new people in. No, so and all this, this also says she was signed over a month ago. So that's interesting too. I mean, I've seen like videos
1: and uh, like pictures of Naya, like, like in a wrestling ring, like training to like, get back in the ring. So, yeah. like,
0: she trains at, she's been, she trains, she's been training like to get back in the ring for a while now. It's no, just that like, no one really like, thought much of it. So, she never stopped training. She goes to Natty and TJ's place all the time and trains with um, Angelo Dawkins, Moose, and Apollo Crews, and all of those people. So she's training with them all the time. Liv, before she got hurt, was training over there all the time. Negative one, Brody Jr. has actually been seen training there with them. So, yeah, no, she's kept, she hasn't had any matches, like, on shows. But she's kept in in a ring to, you know, not lose it over the last two years. But with that, guys, that is everything that did take place tonight on Monday Night Raw. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of the show. I forgot. For some reason, I've been having issues with the, I forgot to Twitch poll completely, but I've been having issues with the YouTube live poll, not wanting to go. So we don't have that, but we do have the Twitch poll no, the Twitter poll and the YouTube community poll. So let's refresh those. As far as the Twitch poll does go, no Twitter poll, the X poll, we'll call it 50% liked the show. 28% thought it was just all right. And 20% did not like it. Looking at the YouTube community poll. 66% liked it, 23% thought it was just all right, and 11% didn't like it. A couple of comments here says, Nia Jax is back. Crying laughing emoji. says, KO telling Jay that the locker room doesn't like him. Sounds like if the WWE were to meme on AEW with the whole punk situation. Not at all. Not the same thing whatsoever. It's basically, Jay was part of Bloodline. Bloodline screwed over and beat up a lot of people, and now they don't like you says, loved it. Versus says, no, 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 hell no, Nia Jax. Versus uh skippable. And this verse says, pretty boring. So with that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up. I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash Pete Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter X at petgenderscore twenty one. And you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petkey. With that, guys, have a great rest of your evening. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you back Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. Have a good one, guys.